in our life, in our walks with you, Father God, that we could just depend on you and we could say how awesome you are, Father God. We could say there is none like you, Father God. There's none, there's none as awesome as you. There's none as powerful as you. There is none, Lord, Father God. Everybody else will go, Father God, but you are always there. So, Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your love, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Can you just rise to your feet one more time for the reading of the word, amen? The reading of the word this morning will be taken out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will Prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I just want to start off this morning with a little story. There was this lady, and no, it's not a joke. Only Gary could do something like that. There's a lady who was going on a business trip, who was in the airport with her laptop, her purse, and, and her, you know, some of her luggage that she's able to, to go on a plane with. And she gets there early, okay? She, and she realizes she gets there early, and she, has, she said, you know what? I've been craving for a Kit Kat, okay? So I'm going to go get a Kit Kat, and I'm going to find a seat in where I got to board the plane, and I'm going to sit down and enjoy my Kit Kat. She goes, gets a Kit Kat, she goes to the gate, and all the seats are taken, but there's one that's available. This seat happens to be against the wall, though, or the seat all the way down. So she goes, she, she steps over everybody's luggage, she makes her way, and then, and then she, she finds the open seat, she, she puts down her bags, and then next to the seat is the wall, and then next to that is, is a very large man that was probably taking up two seats. So there wasn't much room for her, so she just squeezed her way in there because she was determined to sit down, relax. She was nervous about the flight, and she was going to enjoy her Kit Kat. So she plops down her, her, the chair, and then she looks at the guy next to her, and the guy is eating the Kit Kat. So she gets upset. So she takes the Kit Kat away from him while he's eating it and starts eating the other end and looks at him like gives him a dirty look. He looks at her like, well, are you crazy touching my Kit Kat? And takes it away from her and then walks away. So she's like, wait a minute, I, I'm in the mood for that Kit Kat. He comes back a couple of minutes later with another Kit Kat. Starts to eat it. She takes it from him and says, he took my Kit Kat, I'm going to take his Kit Kat. Then he looks at her and says, takes the Kit Kat and walks away. Looks at her, she's crazy. So she's mad, she's upset, her whole morning's ruined, her whole trip is ruined. That's it, she's, she's just in a bad mood. They call for her boarding, for, for her plane to, um, to board. 
So she walks, and she's looking through her purse to, for, to get the, the boarding pass. What does she see? The Kit Kat that she originally bought. I say that because how many moments in our lives are like that moment? Where everything that could go wrong is happening just to us. And then you feel like you're the only one going through this. That you don't even want to see receive any... I'm talking about the moment you don't even want to receive any prayer, any, any consolation, any, any uh, correction or anything. You're just mad. You're just, you're just mad. Well, today I want to bring you to a place in the Bible where... There's a few guys who, who were going through feeling like that. Today I want to preach a message called, I want to talk about trust and preach a message called Through It All. Amen? How many know trusting is hard? How many know trusting something you may not see sometimes, you can't touch sometimes? Trusting something you, you, that, that, that it's not visually is hard. Something that you can't control is hard to trust. Amen? We're gonna be we're gonna be reading John 14 today. So while you get your Bibles to John 14 or your iPads or the apps you got whatever, John 14, I'm gonna I'm gonna just dress it up and and and, and prepare you to what's happening. The beginning of that week is when Jesus came in, and he entered Jerusalem. And they were waving the palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes to the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. People were actually starting to believe he was the king of Israel. People actually started to believe. And the discipleships were on a high. They were going and they were loving every moment of it because it was their journey. They were traveling. And finally people were recognizing so they're at the, the, the last supper that he's eating, and, 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 my, and Jesus is about to prepare them on what's going to happen that evening. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that, that they were going to get him in the middle of the night and do illegal trials. He knew how troubled the apostles was going to be. He knew about the cross. He knew about the tomb. And he knew that they were going to be uncomfortable. They were going to be mad. They were going to be angry. They were going to be confused. Some of them might not even understand that he knew that. And so he was preparing them and he was trying to comfort them. Amen. So he starts to say, I'm reading from the NIV version, John 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, one of the disciples, say, Lord, we don't know where you, you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
then the other disciple, Philip, says, Lord, show us the Father, and that, and that will be enough for us. So Jesus answered, don't you know, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Amen. Is that an awesome promise, people? People, is that an awesome promise that no matter what we're going through, no matter what, what way we're walking on this earth, that one day Jesus is just going to take us? Amen. Anybody looking for that day? I know I am. I try to put myself in the shoes of the disciples, though. I, wasn't, I Usually I look at, at what Jesus is feeling and what Jesus is saying. But I'm looking at what Jesus is saying, and I start to put myself in the shoes of the disciples. Now, now, now keep in mind, these disciples, they walked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They did everything with Jesus. They were tight. They were boys. There was nothing they loved more than Jesus. So imagine the feeling that they get when the very thing they loved the most in this world was telling them, you're not going to see me anymore. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this earth. And how I leave this earth is not going to be good. It's not going to be pleasant. So I started to think, if I was one of the disciples, what would I be thinking at the moment? And I'm just going to get real right now with you and say, I would think, what could I do to avoid him from getting crucified? Can, can we hide in a cave? Can we break out? Oh, wait a minute, there's no planes back then. There's no, there's no cars. Everything is, you know, is, is, everything's a troop. So I was like, man, they, they couldn't escape. They couldn't. So that, that's a selfish thing in me. Because I, because I couldn't imagine. Imagine what they think is that not only he's going to get crucified, but because they believed with him, they're probably going to get punished and crucified. So imagine the fear that was being raised. But Jesus gives us a solution in this scripture to a troubled heart. It's trust. He tells his apostles to trust in three things. And, these, and I want to talk about these things. He's saying, through it all, trust in my presence. Second, through it all, trust in my promises. And thirdly, through it all, trust in me. What does through it all mean? When you don't feel like it, when you're beat up, when you're too tired, when you're too, when you're too defeated, when, when nothing's going good, when you're too hurting, when you're too scarred. 
through the good times, when you're doing good, when you got a job, you're making good money, when the finances are all in order, when your marriage is wonderful, when the kids are all healthy. Also, when the kids are not healthy, the kids are just wilding out. The kids are not sleeping. They're keeping you up at night. When your household feels like it's, it's falling apart, when your marriage is falling apart, when your spouse is not serving the Lord, when your kids are not serving the Lord, when you don't have a job, when you don't have money coming in. I'm talking about those moments too. Through it all. Okay, do it all. Trust in my presence. In verse 1, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, also trust in me. Look at the first three words, do not let. What does do not let mean? It means that he's given them a choice. You could choose to let your circumstance dictate how you feel and how you're going to run your life, or you could just be determined to, no matter what you're going through, do it all, you're going to trust in my presence. They have a choice to do something about the problem. Can, 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 they, can they, like I do, avoid, see what they can do to avoid the situation? No, it was going to happen. It was supposed to happen. It was destined to happen. So they just had to deal with it. And he was telling them, and in all this, trust in my presence. How hard and how easy that is. See, it's very easy when everything is good to trust in his presence. It's very easy to come here on a Sunday and come up here and worship and, and be all happy and be excited and be amped up and be excited what God is doing because God is amazing and you're going through something good. But how about the times when you don't feel like coming here and you come here? How about the times when you don't come here and you say, you know, I just you know, put it on the computer and see it online? How about when you're too tired and you're too beat up? You're going through stuff. There's nothing that I can't. Listen, you, you need something. You come for me. I'll give you counsel and I'll pray for you no matter what. But a little pet peeve I got. Don't come to me saying that you feel defeated and you can't go on no more. When you know you're supposed to be here on this Wednesday prayer or, or Sunday worship and I barely see you. In his presence. What does in his presence mean? Does anybody know what being in his presence mean? Does anybody, can anybody like say amen or something of what happens when you're in his presence? When, when, when the joy you feel, listen, your circumstances might not change, but he didn't create us to, to, to trust in his presence for our circumstances to change. Listen, trusting in his presence doesn't mean your circumstances are going to change. It just gives you the strength to go through that circumstance. He still wants to teach us something. Because that will just be spoiling us. That will be putting a pacifier in our mouth and, I got you, I'll do it for you. And we'll be dirty old people with pacifiers in our mouth because he's spoiling us. No, he wants us to walk through stuff. We have to walk through stuff. We're not going to grow, amen? Yes, I said pacifier. I see some of your faces. Trusting in his presence. What happens when you trust in his presence? Let's talk about what happens. 
I had nothing written down about this. Listen, in my life, listen, I always say the hardest thing I had to do in my walk, I had to do and I still have to do, is wait because I'm impatient. Anybody drove with me, anybody hung out with me, you know I'm impatient. Okay? I can't be on time. I have to be early. That's just me. Sorry, babe. I, I had to be early. I had to, that, that, that's just me, okay? But trusting in his patience, another thing other than waiting is trusting him. I remember going through a hard time in my life. And I was already having moments, moments with God. I was getting disciple. I was believing in God. God was little by little moving in me. He was speaking to my heart. Something was happening to me. I wasn't the, 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 I was just a spiritual knucklehead. I wasn't the, the non-spiritual knucklehead I was because I believed in him. But then there'll be those moments where I'm home, not in church, and I be, still feel lonely. I still get depressed. I still, I still, I just be mad at the world. I just, because I wasn't happy where I was at. See, I, I had the wrong perception. I thought the only, well, I don't know if I thought this, but what I was, the way I was living, I was living by, let me go to church to get into his presence. Let me go to Wednesday night prayer and get in his presence. No. It's, so, it's really easy to get in his presence. We'll talk about even, even people that come here and still can't get in his presence. But it's very easy to get into his presence in a place like today when we have a worship team the way we have, when we have a, a passionate a pastoral staff who just helps us, so, makes it so easy to get into his presence. But how, the, how about during the week? How about the week that there's no Wednesday night prayer and we got to go through, oh, my goodness, how many days is that before Sunday? It's already, it's already Tuesday morning, and I feel like it needs to be Sunday today. I had a hard time with this. What did I have to do to get in his presence? I had to remove people from my life. I had to get rid of phone numbers. I had to get rid of music. I had to get rid of movies. I had to, listen, and I'm not being legalistic and saying you need to get rid of movies and all that. No, it's a personal thing. Me, for me, I had to... Do whatever I got to do get, to, to get closer to God, to get into his presence. And I had to question myself, what was preventing me from getting into his presence, not in church? The music, the worldly music I was listening to. So I got rid of a lot of stuff, a lot of people that, 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 that weren't godly. Some said it were godly. I had to still get rid of those people. That was hard, too. I couldn't understand that. So I was like, well, he's, he's God. We, you know, he's God. I, mean, I know God. He knows God. We can have fun. We're, that's what fellowship is, right? No, but he was saying he was a Christian. I needed to, I needed to, I, need, I, I wanted to be with like-minded people. I, I needed to be somebody that, that could encourage me, uplift me. And that's hard to find sometimes. I need somebody that, that I can tell what I'm struggling with, and I don't have to, I don't have to be scared that they're going to smack me or, or condemn me or, or lay hands with me every five minutes and, and make me feel like I'm less than. No, I need somebody to tell me when I was wrong, but in a loving way and, and, and do it in a way where I could be uplifted and I could be encouraged, and I would want to continue to serve God. Not 
I want to be against God because God has nothing but rules and regulations and it's just harder. Sometimes we need to simplify stuff. Sometimes we make things too hard. Getting in his presence is not hard, people. It's really not. It's really not. I don't care where you're at right now. You're lonely? That's it. Get more music. Get more friends. Get more Holy Spirit-filled friends. Align yourselves with people. Align yourselves with the right music. Stop aligning yourself with the worldly stuff. We spend this much time in the world and this much time in the presence. Think about that. Get a picture. We spend this, I do it on this side. We, we spend this much time in the world and this much time in his presence. Why would his presence do anything? Why would God do anything to us, for us? If we treat him like a genie. Amen. God is saying this is the way. This is the way for hard difficulty. Trust in my presence. It is so much easier to trust in stuff we can touch. Stuff we can see. Imagine if we didn't have a car, but we still come to church. Imagine if we had no, no money for the bus or, or train. And I'm not saying, listen, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Please, please, I don't want, that's my, not my intention. My thing is, if you want it, go after it. Do what it takes. Do what it takes. Back then, they had no cars. They didn't have uh, Timberlands or sneakers. And they walked in the desert. So if, you, if, you, you know, if you're conscious about being dirty, they didn't care back then. We don't care here. Come as you are. Amen? It was a bit, see, see, you had reasons in the past to be, to use excuse, oh, I don't have to sue, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't go to church because I don't look nice, or oh, I'm dirty. No, no more, not here. Come as you are. Just as, just as long as it doesn't distract anybody from worshiping. I'm not going to go there. You guys can go there. That doesn't take a wise person to get. Amen. See, the Bible teaches us that things, things we can see are only temporary. This building, yes, it's great we get and all that, but it's only temporary. The ministry you're in is only probably temporary because God has greater things for you. The car you have, trust me, is temporary. Your body is temporary. Amen. Can everybody say amen? Amen. There's going to be a time when we're not going to be sick no more. There's going to be a time we're going to be in heaven, and it says we're going to have an awesome I got this vision of, man, I, I'm not going to tell you my vision, but I, I'm not going to be like I am now, that's for sure. Amen? God is too merciful, amen? Can anybody say thank God for that? I didn't say look at your partner and say thank God. We need to remember, Christians, that God has promised I will be with you always. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. You may not see me. You may be far away from me. You may not know me. To the people that's here for the first time, second time, and you still may not know him. Oh, your time is coming. You, you're going you're gonna to get to know him because 
It's his plan. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to run for it or not, or choose to believe it or not, it's his plan for us to know him. And every knee will bow. Amen? But how about the things that we can't see? The Bible says the things that we can't see will last forever. Through it all, trust in my presence. The second thing is, through it all, trust in my promises. See, here's what makes it so difficult to trust in his presence and still struggle with depression and still struggle and walk like we're defeated. Because we say we're trusting in his presence, but then when we don't get that, that change in our life, we die down. How many people you know get saved and, and they get radically saved and they're on fire and, and, and they go to movie theaters and, and just preach the gospel and they do crazy things like, you're going to get a shot. Are you crazy? And they're, they're just on fire. And how many of you know, know that they're not serving God no more? Or serving God is like just coming on a Sunday and just getting your preaching on. Or, or, or a comment I see all the time and I can't stand when I see is, oh, well, today I'm getting my spiritual thing filled. Every day should be a, a day where you get your spiritual, spiritual tank filled. Amen? Do it all. Trust in my promises. Verse 2 and 3, it says, I love this promise. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. And you also may be where I am. There's many promises in the Bible. I'm going to give you guys homework. This has got to be the first time that a preacher gives homework. As much as you can, you could go to Google and type, and type up promises from God. Start to read those promises in a way, in a version where you can understand it. Start to read those promises. Start to memorize those promises. So start to type it out and put it on your refrigerator. Whether it's one promise a week, one promise every three days. Start to teach your kids about those promises and how to memorize those promises. Start to believe in those promises. Because that's what happens when we read something often. We start to believe it. It becomes real. So go home. Type it up. If you don't have internet... Find somebody that does. <laughs> Everybody has internet on their phones these days. Type it up. Promises from God. Live it. Trust in his promises. Amen? I want to focus on this promise. God promises that he is coming back for us. Amen. Sometimes, we, someday we'll be with him forever and ever. Amen. Sometimes we grow impatient, but Scripture says you can trust the promises of God because the promises will be fulfilled too. Listen, God is not a God of, of he's not a liar. Taste and see. What does that mean? Get into his presence, especially if you don't feel like it. Learn about his promises. Study his promises. Memorize his promises. One version, he describes heaven 
in many versions, di- 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 well, different versions in the Bi- different um, um, Bible versions. One is paradise. Another version is my father's house. And I love that version best because it just, it just, um, it's just saying it's home. He's saying, my father's house. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, I'm not just going to just write out directions and, and then you go there yourself. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to just give you a GPS. I will be your GPS. I will come down and I will hold you by the hand and take you with me. He's not, he didn't say, I'm going to send so-and-so to get you to bring it to me. He's going to come down himself, Jesus, take us by the hand and take us with him home. What does home mean? Home is like we, we could be real. We don't have to worry about anything. We could take off our shoes. We, we could, with our nice, good-looking new bodies, with no sickness, we could relax. We could worship God as many times as we want. We don't have to, tell, to worry about anybody yelling at us. No more fighting. No more, nothing else matters but God. That's what being in his presence is. Nothing else matters. Your mess doesn't matter. Your drama doesn't matter. Your, your issues, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is in his presence. What matters is what is he saying, what promises he gave us. He didn't waste time when he says all these promises. You'll be part of a family. There'll be many mansions, one version says. I forgot that. Another place says the dwelling place. My father's house. Oh, it's so beautiful. He's preparing a place for you. That means, think about it. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So if he's saying he's preparing a place, it's the most perfect mansion, perfect room, perfect place that's just, 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 it's just perfect for you. Talk about being spoiled. Talk about loving us. Talking about, re- talking about rewarding us for being faithful. For believing in Him. Amen. Through it all, trust in my promises. The last thing, through it all, trust in me. In verses 4 and 6, Jesus says, You know the way to the place where I am going. Then Thomas, one of the disciples, said to him, Lord, we don't know where, where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, and I said it before, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's like the, one of the greatest promises you could think about. You may be here this morning. You may be struggling. You may be confused. You may be going through troubles. You may be anxious, empty, lonely, lost, confused. Some might be too tired to even open up the word. You're too beat up. You're too defeated already. You got no fight in you. Let me remind you something. The minute that you accept Christ into your heart, he never leaves you. 
He never is always there, even through your stuff. He's in us. Get a picture of that. Through our drama, through our arguments, through our sin, through our frustrations, through our struggles, through our darkness, He's in us. He's always in us. And if He's full of power, if He's the same Jesus that raised people from the dead, if, he, if he's the same Jesus that walked with so much power, see, there's power in that name. See, you can't take the name of Jesus lightly. You can't take his presence lightly. The same, same power, the same, the same thing we, we, we sing about, we read about, we, we feel about sometimes. He's in us always. So if we got that power, why do we let our circumstances dictate how we feel and how we worship? Why do we let our moments that we go through dictate how we walk? So what we're going through that? And I don't want to sound insensitive. It may be serious and it probably is. Amen. But there is nothing too serious that the presence of God cannot fix. There's nothing too hard. There is nothing too impossible. With God, all things are possible. What does that mean? All things, not some things, not, not, not certain things. What does that mean, Candace? All things. Family, what does that mean? What does all things mean? All things. I wish I spoke a couple other languages. All things. It means all things. All things. All you're single, all things. You're a kid, all things. You're a teenager, all things. You're married, all things. Your spouse is not safe, all things. Your kids are not safe and they're wilding out, all things. You don't like somebody, all things. Through it all. Amen? Amen. What's he saying? What's he saying? Trust in my presence. I will never leave you, he says. I'll always be beside you. Don't forget my presence. When everything seems dark and gloomy, when everything seems to be falling apart, like the lady with the Kit Kat, even the littlest things. Isn't God awesome? Even, you see, I could go through some, and Larry could look at me and say, dude, you serious? You messed up because of that? But it's big to me. It may be small to him, but to God, everything we go through is big. Everything. A Kit Kat, a broken car, no car, a messed up house, no house, everything. He takes everything. He doesn't take us lightly. You, you got to understand how much he loves you. You got to understand. He loves you that much. Think about the person you ever loved the most. He loved you three times of that. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. Listen, I, I, I you know, I put myself in the, in, in the disciples' place, and, and I remember, I go back, and I remember the times, those, those lonely moments. I used to be the one to... It's funny how open the church now and closed now. But I used to be the, mo- the moment with the the guy with the key for the church. 
Because I was always there to hang out when everybody left. Because I was waiting for somebody to take me home and somebody to ask me, you want to come over for dinner or you want to eat something, you want to hang out? I was one of those. Uh, don't, make, don't get depressed with me because I, I, that's changed now. But, but just to let you know, get a, just get a picture. I, was, I hated to be alone, man. I, I was alone my whole life, even as a kid. Even when I was with people, I didn't feel like I was priority. I felt secondary. I felt like it was a pity party. Oh, let's not forget Mark. You know, one of those. I was an adult still feeling this. I used to lock up the church just to wait. I was involved in every ministry. Not because I was called, just because I was just hungry for fellowship. I just, I just didn't want to go home. I just did not want to go home. But my problem was, that's what I was focused on. Those moments I had in church, those moments I had in worship team practice on Thursday nights, those moments that God spoke to me, I was going after the moments. And God, God was telling me, no, that moment is all the time. You just need to press in. We don't press in, guys. We walk as weak people. As defeated people, I get a picture of a Christian Eeyore. You know, remember Eeyore, the, the, the what was he, a donkey? Or, or the, 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 he always slow, and his, ha- his head is dropping. He talks so slow. and like, it's, It was almost like he was a depressed donkey. We got power in us, and we're walking around like depressed donkeys. Didn't have that plan. What do we need to do, man? We need to walk in power. Amen? If we don't feel like it, we need to do everything we can to tap in. We need to stop skipping church because we don't feel like it. Stop skipping church because we don't like somebody. Stop skipping church because we we don't want to face somebody. Stop getting into God's presence because we don't want to hear what God has to say. We never say it, but we think it. Like God doesn't know our thoughts. Listen, this is seriousness. This is seriousness, and it is serving God. This is seriousness when we pray. This is you can't take. See, if God doesn't take us lightly, why should we take Him lightly? Think about that. Why do we give God glory right here and then we walk out the door, hit our, wake up Monday morning and it's like, man, I got to go back to work. Some of us go work Sunday night. We leave this place all hamped up, amped up, and we, we all right, I got enough to go through a couple of days. No, it, it just goes like this. We get distracted. Why is it even before we come here we have the biggest argument, biggest fight? To mess our worship up. You ever notice that when, when it rains, it pours, it never drizzles, it never rains? It, it, it never just rains a little bit? It just The problems just pour down? You, you know, it's stuff like when you get a flat tire, it's always the morning time, it's always raining, and you're wearing beige or white. You know, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about moments like serious. I couldn't wear black and, and hide the grease or hide. It, it had to rain. On the day I had to change a flat tire, 
I had to get a flat tire on a day where my boss said you can't be late no more. So my moments like that. I heard, I'll close with this last story. And Elvis, you could get that ready. There was a story. I'm going to read it because I don't want to miss out anything. I heard a story about a captain on a ship who was describing what it was like to go through a storm. He described the ship in the midst of the waves, mounting on every side, with the wind blowing hard and crazy, hard rain coming down. He couldn't see. He didn't know where he was. He was lost. There was nothing but water going all over his The ship seemed helpless victim of a storm, caught up in the power of these mighty elements that were raging on every side. He felt doomed. He felt like he was going to go. But then he said, all he can do was, I stood there on the bridge of the ship, and I grasped to the railing, and I felt the dropping of the engines deep down inside, underneath me. See, the storm and the wind and the waves seemed to be saying to the ship, you cannot come, you cannot go through, you cannot come, so give up. But then he heard the answering engines, the, the drop of the engines, the powerful engines saying, yes, we shall, yes, we shall, yes, we shall, and yes, we will do. Imagine if we just if we just looked at our circumstance and we tore our circumstance. Yes, we shall. Yes, I shall move on. It looks impossible to me for me to move on, but I will move on because his word says I'm supposed to. I will move on because it's his plan for me to move on. I might cry. I might get hurt, I might get burnt, I might get beat up. But see, here's the thing. When we spend time, when we we trust in God's promises, our, our circumstances might change, but our strength changes. We get stronger. We get stronger, and we still go through what we gotta go through, but we know how to deal with it, or we go about it the right way. We look at it in, in, in the eye with no fear, and we say, yeah, yeah, come, come, hit me, hit me, I'll take it. You might affect me for a moment, but forever I'm going to continue. I might, be, I might be messed up for a moment. I might hurt for a moment. But thank God I got a number of a friend that could come and help me and lift me up and encourage me. I'm too tired of lifting my arms in prayer. I'm too, I'm too tired even to, to, to stand up. I know, no, I'm not standing, preacher. I want to sit down. I'll give glory, I'll give glory to God like this, quiet, because I'm tired. Nobody will give you people to just lift you up. Strong people to to raise your hands for you when you can't lift up your hands. Has anybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? The moments where you feel like you can't go on no more and then somebody comes along and lifts up your arms and they stay there and they stay there and they say, lift up your arms. I dare you to praise. And then, oh, but I can't shout. I'm too tired to shout. I didn't sleep last night. Imagine if you weren't loud, you would shout then. I'm talking about that. You see the difference? How do, we, how do we treat God with that? 
We win lotto. I don't care if you're a mule. You're going to shout. You, you get blessed with something like big like that. But see, God is big like that. We just fail to see it. Because we can't see it, we fail to see it. The, we fail to see the big picture. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I'm not one to to. I got this before I was asked to preach. So I was excited because I, I was like, you know, you know, you ever had that moment where is that God talking to me? Are you you're like you're like you're struggling and like, nah, that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, that's just me. No, that's just me reading a hot devotion and getting like really, oh man, that's, that's that's good, that's good, that's good. But then it was so hot. I said, you know what? Let me let me share. Let me let me, let me share with Pastor because we're so cool, man. I find it cool. I, I even went as far as the Gabola disciples and how they die, you know, because I was fascinated. I had a whole movie in my mind. But anyway, but but then but then but then, then Pastor goes, wow, that sounds good. Um, maybe maybe we could do something Sunday. And then part of me was like. I didn't tell you for that, though. But then I was like, okay, 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 you know, whatever. I went home that night. I prayed. I was like, I got excited. I got nervous. I got anxious, but I got excited. Then I started to get nervous, anxious, and scared. But, yeah, I was still excited. Because there's something, when you grasp this, see, when you, when you hold on to this, at your lowest moment, and you know what's it like. If you always go back to the moment that you are at your lowest and God took you out of it, you have to always go back to that moment. Whatever it takes, you can't give up. God didn't design it. God didn't wire us for us to give up. Amen? Amen. We got his power. We got power in us. We shouldn't walk in fear. We shouldn't walk beat up. Are we going to go through our stuff? Yes. Are we going to feel down? Yes. But we can't give up. We can't give up. That's why fellowship is important. That's why the body is so important. Because when we're too proud, when we we hold things in, we need the body to just uplift. We need to uplift each other. When, when, When we hold too much in, I'm not saying go on a microphone and let out all your laundry. Find that accountability. Find somebody that you could go to at any given time to be to, that just could encourage you. And in that, you're going to know through it all. Amen. This is a song. I really want you guys to, to hear the words. It's an old song. And if the worship seeker could come up while the song is playing... Listen to the words. I really want you guys to be blessed. Amen? Through it all, trust his presence. Through it all, trust his promise. And through it all, trust in him. I've had many tears and sorrows. 